Hello there, and welcome back to the Senate Podcast, our first episode back of 2023. In this episode, I'm joined again by Andrew Tate Smith. So, <laughs> uh, he's he's out. He broke out, and first thing we're doing is bringing him on uh, for an episode. So, how you doing? Hey, not too bad. You know, it's definitely been a while. I'm looking forward to being back here. Yeah, we had to have you back on uh, for this episode all about games. And I've had a few episodes about different aspects of, of pop culture because that's the you know name of the podcast, All Things Pop Culture. But I think all of us are just really into video games more more than anything. And the thing about movies are... You know, you have maybe four or five, maybe six good movies a year. But as you're about to see the the games we're going to get into, there's dozens of great games coming out. So there's always, I feel like, more games to talk about than movies or anything else, really. With that being said, have you, since the last time you were on here, have you watched anything or played anything interesting you want to talk about? Uh, Nothing really. I mean, just doing a... Kind of a hard reset just for the new year, just kind of getting myself back into things. So pretty much the same old stuff, nothing really standing up. about you? Yeah, so I went to go see Avatar, Way of Water. Ooh. It was amazing. Okay. <laughs> I was very mid on the first movie. I thought it was, you know, 7, 7.5 out of 10. Decent sci-fi movie. You know, great visual effects, pretty good story. Not a bad movie at all, but just a little bit more mid. So I wasn't that excited to see the new one. Maybe that's why I'm so high on it right now. But I saw Avatar and absolutely amazing. I want to do an episode about it. I want to do a little, uh, maybe maybe have a few different um, like spoiler cast in an episode. And one could be Avatar. And w- another one could be an HBO series that just came out that I've been watching. And that is? It's, it goes by the name of The Last of Us. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Oh, uh, that name is, you know, somewhat familiar. Maybe not the series, but the game, definitely. The series is a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So far, there's two episodes out. Um, I'm definitely going to do some episodes about it. I'm not going to do one every week for it. Taking that nice little hiatus for the first part of the year. You know, I was able to actually sit down, watch some things, enjoy it, soak it in, uh, play some games, which I'll get into. But the Last of Us series on HBO, highly, highly, highly recommended. So far, 10 out of 10. Nice. But we'll talk about spoilers with that in another episode. And then into the games. I actually played a lot of Horizon Forbidden West. Okay, yeah. How was that? Uh, it's really good. I'm taking it slow because I'm just soaking in all of the games. So that's kind of, I'm kind of glad we took that little hiatus so I can, I don't have to rush through anything. I don't have to rush into anything. So I was able to kind of digest it, um, play around in the world some, not feel like I have to do the main, you know, mainline the story, branch out. Because the honestly, the side quests are some of the best parts of the game. Yeah, it depends on which game, because sometimes the side stories are just as good as the main one, but then other times they're just there for progression. Exactly, and I can't speak to The Witcher 3, but I heard the side quests in that game really make the game. So, you know, it's not 
it doesn't always benefit you to just rush through the story, which I do a lot. So this game, I'm glad I'm, I'm taking my time and digesting it. Uh, that's what I did with Ghost of Tsushima, and absolutely love that game because I probably took time to do the side stories and everything. A game that I am speeding through is Sonic Frontiers. Oh, you finally picked it up. I am in love. I probably beat 50% of the game the first time I picked it up. <laughs> the first time you picked it up. <laughs> the first time I picked it up. I've only I've only picked it up to play three times, but I'm mm -hmm. close to the end of the game. Okay. Yeah, I, that's a lot further than where I'm at right now. Yeah, I loved it. I made it to the end of the second island on my first playthrough. Wow. And now I'm at the end of the third island. Okay. Those cyberspace levels are some of my favorite Sonic levels in any Sonic game. Yeah, I'm still at A rank on the second one. Like, it's kicking my butt. I've probably A ranked. Every single one I have is A ranked, I believe, except for a few I have S ranked. Um, yeah. And what's crazy is the... I forget. I think it was on the second island, or maybe the first one. Mm -hmm. No, it was it was the first one. If you're on the first island, you might you might get there soon. It's when you go into cyberspace. It's almost like a throwback to Sonic Adventure Two, uh, Radical Highway. I think. I mean, it's. I haven't touched that in well, months, but it goes from like almost like City Escape into Radical Highway a little bit. It's like a weird mixture of it, but it's definitely a a throwback to. Sonic Adventure 2, and I knew immediately as soon as the mission started, <laughs> and I, I S-ranked it on the first try. Like, flawless run. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it's just that second one that is just somehow tweaked wrong, and a lot of people struggle just to get that S-rank. Like, you have to, like, exploit every mechanic to even get close. Like, I've tried... You do, yeah. I've gotten, like, three or four seconds off of S. Like, that's how close I keep getting. So that's really what I've been playing. I have been playing another game, uh, Gotham Knights, but I refuse to talk about that. So <laughs> not even going to get into it. Absolute disappointment. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing recently. And before we get into the topic of the show, I want to ask you, and if you need to, I can go first. What do you, was a big moment or... You know, is a defining moment for you in terms of what you've played or watched last year for 2022. Like, give me your don't you don't have to give me number one, but you just give me like a top, the top. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Kind of like what stood out the most is like, yes. um, honestly, that was probably going to be you know, God of War Ragnarok. That experience was just my biggest hype up, and I was really into the the last story so this was just like the one thing i kind of you know honed in on and really pushed through to get the story and just get that content i agree absolute standout last year i'm still playing through it but i agree with you all right so mine would be wow because i mean i i live beside an imax theater yeah okay <laughs> so i have great movie experiences when you know big new movies come out like last year for instance the batman yeah amazing time watching that doctor strange multiverse of madness i went and saw it twice uh my favorite marvel movie um top gun maverick absolutely loved it 10 out of 10 ending out the year with avatar was a great movie uh and then probably one of my 
biggest surprises of 2022 was actually Black Adam. Oh. Yeah. It, it wasn't my favorite movie of the year, but it was just a big standout moment of the year because the movie was surprisingly great. But overall, 2022, great year. Some games that stood out to me, uh, definitely TMNT Shredder's Revenge. That's kind of a, a throwback pick. Brought back a lot of nostalgia for older games I used to play. Uh, what a, you know, great game, great game. Uh, what else came out last year? What's a big game that came out last year? Mm, and I'm sure it's there, but uh, there wasn't really many games that made me go, oh my God, I have to go pick this up right now type. Yeah, there really wasn't. I, I feel like I just kind of went through my backlog a lot, a lot last year. Like mm-hmm. um, Jedi Fallen Order. Played through that game last year. Like actually played through the game, beat it last year on PS5 with the updates, 60 frames per second. Absolutely fell in love with that game because a huge Star Wars fan. I played it when it first came out, was kind of mid on it. And I was like, let me just wait till they patch it. And I I just have a better experience with it in the future. That's what I did. Loved it. I cannot wait for Jedi Survivor. And unfortunately, we weren't doing the podcast last year, so we weren't able to actually go through 2022 and pick our you know, most anticipated games and, and make a list and keep watch and keep up with the reviews and the reception of it. But guess what, Andy? What? We're not making that mistake this year. Oh, no. This episode is going to be all about our 2023 oh. most anticipated video games. All right. So before we get into that, and I'm going to have you start it out, uh, you even have a list and everything, so we'll do it like a fantasy draft. Uh, you go, then I go, and we keep going that way. I'm going to explain the rules. Video game drafts like this, a lot of podcasts do it. A lot of video game podcasts do this. It's, it's a lot of fun. You start out the year with having a list of games where you uh, you draft them, and then at the end, you, you see who has the overall or the average of you know better games on their list ours is our the way we're going to do it our version is going to have a twist because i don't want to just copy exactly what other podcasts are doing but i mean this is a video game pop culture podcast so you know we're going to be talking about the biggest games coming out next year but there's a twist so let me get into the rules we pick a game based off of how well we think it's going to score on Metacritic. So for instance, uh, Jedi Survivor, like I just said, if I think that game is going to do amazing, I'm going to pick it. You might pick it before me, so then I'm going to have to pick another game. So you can kind of use strategy to pick a game you think the other one's going to pick. Also, the release date. There's a lot of games coming up next year that only have a release window or are expected towards the end of the year. And some even have a release date for the very end of the year, even uh, all the way up till December. And those are going to be risky picks because if they get delayed by a month or two, you get an automatic zero. So if any game you pick just doesn't come out and gets pushed to 2024, instant zero, it's going to bring your average down a lot. Yeah, and I just want to touch up on this uh, for the context of the audience. Um, Right now, me and Caleb have a list of 35, I'm sorry, 36 different games already picked out, ready to go. So we're going to be using that as reference. And although we can't go over single one, as we pick our choices 
there'll be at least stuff you guys have at least heard of at some point. Yeah, exactly. I think it's nice um, just to get a giant list of these games that we both can pick from because you could pick, really, you could pick any game you want. You can pick um, a very small, you know, indie game that you just want to pick because it's a personal pick. That's fine. I think it's fun having this list where we can actually see the pool that we're picking from so that maybe we can use some strategy in here. Yeah, and it also, like... Caleb said it just gives you an option to pick something else in case what you originally wanted got drafted out so you have something to fall back onto. Exactly. All right. So with that, let's get into the game of 2023. Uh, we'll call it the should we do it the Metacritic draft? Because a lot of people are doing the Metacritic draft, but that's essentially what we're doing. The 2023 most anticipated video games. And you can start it out. So what's your first pick? All right, this one I'm you know partial towards, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be Zelda: Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, the oh, Breath of the Wild okay. sequel. All right, give me some reasoning. Well, I mean, Breath of the Wild, as we all know, is just an iconic open world game that really changed a lot of you know the game's experience. You know, from a Legend of Zelda standpoint. Um, to go further into that. One of the things I was disappointed at the very end of, and this is kind of like a low-key type of thing, was the final boss, Ganon, not being Ganondorf specifically. Like, it just straight beast Ganon all the way through. But the teasers for this actually show Ganondorf, at least in some iteration. And that is a big hype moment for me, on top of just adding new game mechanics i think i saw some sort of like wall climbing where you like infuse into the wall i mean i haven't watched the trail in a bit but i know i'm definitely looking forward to that game in particular because of touching up what they already mastered on top of creating more story to develop it's a solid pick because we all know how beloved the original um not the original but the the previous the game the was, yeah, the Breath yeah. of the Wild, because this is a sequel to Breath of the to Wild. The, so, yeah, yeah. So, I kind of want to. That's a solid pick, but I want to stay along those same lines and also pick a sequel mm. for various reasons. And my first pick will be Marvel Spider-Man Two, by ins, you know from Insomniac. Okay, uh, let me mark that down. Yep. All right. Yep. My reasoning. I trust Insomniac to hit the release date. Yeah. That's huge. So I, I, I don't think this is going to get delayed. And the first Spider-Man by Insomniac scored very, very well. This one is going to introduce, or not introduce, but it's going to have the introduction of playing as multiple Spider-Men in the game, I believe, which would be Peter and Miles. Right. So that's going to that's gonna be huge for reviewers because that's that's a giant you know game mechanic that wasn't able to be in the first one because in the first one you could only play as spider-man and this one you're gonna have spider-man peter and then miles spider-man and you're gonna have venom at some point and whatever you know iteration of maybe a symbiote spider-man you could play as so there's a huge potential for them to not just rehash the same game but really improve on it 
So that's going to be my first pick. So, all right, head on. Uh, what's your second pick? All right, and this is going to be pick number two for me, and it's going to be Hollow Knight Silk Song. <laughs> I knew you. I knew you were going to pick that one. <laughs> all right, and reasoning. Um, Hollow Knight itself, it just it starts off as like this, you know, Dark Souls clone. You think, okay, it's not exactly Dark Souls, but you got the gritty. Um, harsh death mechanics and picking up the currency if you die and memorizing the boss patterns, but it kind of just has its own atmosphere. I mean, they're bugs. I mean, that's the simplest way to put it, but it gives like an atmosphere. Like there's a whole, I guess, like hierarchy of like, like a, you know, called royalties in the background of the, the lore that you dig, dig up. And I don't think this specifically is the case in Silk Song, but one of the characters in particular is actually, you know, getting her own story, Hornet, you know, as a, not as, I guess it's a sequel, if, if based off of the ending. So this is just developing more in that story, in that world that exists. And I like the, the premise of it. I agree. That's the first game scored incredibly well. This is highly, highly anticipated. So, solid choice. I I don't think I don't think you can go wrong with that. Yeah. That's your second choice. Yep. yep. All right. Moving on to my second choice, Resident Evil Four Remake. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out March twenty fourth. I think that's safe. Um, you know, to pick. I don't think it's going to get delayed into next year. Mm-mm. However, Resident Evil Four Remake remakes are tricky. Uh, they're allowed on this. They're not just re-releases or remasters. This is ground up remake. Yeah. The first three Resident Evil Four. Actually, two. The first, the original uh, Resident Evil Four, original okay. one, All right, scored yeah. and very well beloved. A lot of people say it's the best in the series. A lot of people say a remake of it is going to be hard to do, and that I actually might mess with the integrity of the original. But if you watched any of the trailers that have been released of this game, it looks amazing. Yeah, and this is the same, I guess, pattern slash like theme that they did for Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 of the you know the 21st century series, if you want to put it that way. And they really yeah. they don't just, you know, copy and paste stuff. They take a story and they modernize it and they make it more I guess dynamic than the just saying, oh yeah, we're just gonna make it new graphics. They actually take this, you know, the engine and they push it to the limits. I think that's I think that's gonna be a banger. I think that might even come out to being the highest scored game of the year next year. Or highest reviewed game of the year. I'd say it's gonna be high, but like you said, it's treading on that already, mm. you know, pinnacle. It's that foundation that was set. I think it's going to be high, but to put it on the highest, it's still a little early to, to say for sure. I agree. I think the highest is definitely between uh, probably our first choices, Spider-Man 2 and, and Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Uh, either way, all these <laughs> these are going to be some <laughs> high-scoring games. Oh, definitely. All right, so your third choice. Third choice. Um, for that, I have Atomic Heart. I cannot wait for that game. <laughs> That one, it just it started off with you know this like rumor. You know, you see these things on YouTube, and it's like 
is it the game? Is this like an animated series that someone just made with like Blender? But as it becomes more fleshed out and as, as a game concept, you really feel, you know, like this, I guess, dystopian-esque Russian environment. And it doesn't make sense if you never heard of it before, but seeing how it plays out and what the the visuals look, I definitely think it's, you know, a safe bet to pick that people really want this. I agree. I think it's going to score high. On this doc that I have, if you've noticed, I put review score, my review score predictions on here. <laughs> and it's just kind of what I think the games are going to score based off of when I was researching what everything I read and from what I've been hearing on different podcasts and everything. I think all these games are going to score high. I think Atomic Heart is going to surprisingly score very high. Yeah. I didn't do the same thing in terms of, you know, putting a score down, but I kind of rewrote the list from top to bottom of what I feel like has the most potential slash review score. And also just helps of like as a contingency, because actually Resident Evil 4 was going to be a pick I had set in mind. So that was a sabotage right there. <laughs> it had to be. I was really going to, I was going to do Atomic Heart, but a little bit later. Yeah. All right. So let's see this next one. Cause my third pick, I don't know if this is a um, an upset or anything, but I'm picking Forza Motorsport. Oh, okay, yeah. Go, that I mean, I haven't seen any footage for it, so I'm not sure where it stands compared to the previous Forza Motorsport based games. And here's here's my reasoning for that. Last year, um, well, 2021. Mm -hmm. So, two years ago. Uh, Forza Horizon, people were very upset that it wasn't considered for Game of the Year because it was one of the best games of that year. And it, it scored very high. I want to say like 95 oh. to 100. It was, it was up there. Uh, then this year, Gran Turismo 7 came out. Mm -hmm. Game scored incredibly high. I want to say 88. That's solid. Yes. Now, I know... I just feel like, yes, GT7 is probably a better game than Forza Motorsport. I get that. There were a lot of things, though, that were holding GT7 back for the review um, that wasn't necessarily the mechanics of the game or the quality of the game. There were some... That's a whole other story. Yeah. Anyways, I believe Forza Motorsport is going to be a very good racing game. Not an open-world racing game, but more mm -hmm. of a simulator because that's what the motorsport series is like without right. those setbacks that GT7 had. And it's two years late, well, a year later than GT7, two years later than Forza Horizon. And I just, I feel like it's going to be a banger. These type of, these types of racing games are, have been scoring incredibly high and have been just up there in reception across the industry. So I, I think that's going to be a very, very high uh, score for me. Yeah, that's solid. I feel, you know, that community that loves racing games will definitely love it. And that's actually a good pick to take in that perspective. It's just going to come down to how it plays technically. I mean, yeah. yes, you did say, you know, like um, GT7 did have some things holding it back. I mean, it wasn't all graphical or performance, but depending on how 
some games just are really buggy when they come out, that could be an impact on the reviews right off the bat. Yeah, and that's that's the only downside. But even even then, if that does you know bring my average down, mm-hmm. hopefully it won't be by that much. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So, moving on. All right, I'm up. Your next. yep. What is it? Your your fourth pick. Yep, fourth pick. Um, I'm gonna go with Horizon Call of the Mountain. I can't believe you just stole that from me. <laughs> well, the way I see it. I mean, I didn't even know they were making a third game, truth be told. I only found out about this, you know, a month ago. I'm thinking, well, that definitely right there. People have such good reviews and remarks for the first two games. I mean, they're making a third game. If they keep the time frame of development, I can't see it, you know, falling short, especially if people want to keep that story going. So Horizon Call of the Mountain is a launch game for PSVR 2. Okay. So, oh, that's what that is. I've seen that now. Okay, now what you're talking about. Here's the thing. It's going to score very high. Right. I believe so, too. Now that um, I know what we're talking about, certainly. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be close to a 90. Between the 85 to 90 range, personally. I just, I think it's going to be amazing. Um, yeah. Very solid pick. That's And that comes out in February 22nd. So, not too far away. Yeah. Atomic Heart, February 21st, so you're picking some games coming up soon. Yeah, that too. I mean, with the Horizon, I mean, people, you know, if you have a PSVR 2, look forward to that soon. Exactly. All right, so, man, you you got some solid, (laughs) solid games. I got to pick a a solid one now because you just stole that one from me. You stole (laughs) that one and Atomic Heart. All right, you stole Resident Evil 4 and Spider-Man, so we'll call it even. All right. There's a game I really want to pick. Here's the mm. thing with this. There's a game okay. I really want to pick, but it's supposed to come out winter of 2023. Ooh. So. That's a gamble. I, I know it's going to score well, but yeah, that's a gamble. Because of our rules, yeah. Yes. So. I'm actually going to pick Sea of Stars. Oh, okay. Sea of Stars. All right. All right. Let me mark this down. All right, so Sea of Stars, it is a game set in the universe of The Messenger. Mm-hmm. Messenger, amazing game, scored very high. Obviously, I think this one's going to score very high. I can't remember if it's supposed to be a, a, a sequel or a prequel. Uh-huh. I think it's supposed to be a sequel, but you don't have to have played mes- The Messenger to understand Sea of Stars. And if you have not seen anything of Sea of Stars... I'm just going to do it right now because I, <laughs> I just I love looking at it. Sea of Stars, the artwork in it and the animation, everything that has been released so far, it looks it looks incredible. All right. So what's the mechanic? I mean, I know the messenger had a a pixelated time travel theme. So what makes Sea of Stars stand out in comparison? Um, let's see. It is. Um, it's all good. I'm looking up now. It looks so yeah. good. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So it's a prequel to The Messenger, not a sequel. Right. Either way, <laughs> um, it is a retro stylistic approach to 
uh, classic uh, RPGs okay. that you would have found that you would find on like the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, looks ama- it just looks amazing. It's it's a turn based RPG. Yeah, it looks like I'm pulling up the video myself now. It feels like one of those um, Wild Arms games. I think is what they're called. Yeah, kind yeah, of- it look, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I just I think it's just going to be a solid pick. I don't see how this is going to score bad at all. It would definitely solid pick. Uh, looks nice. I I think so. They're going for the you know JRPG element, and that's definitely a nice style to go with. Yeah, with the uh, with the art, the music, the modern take on you know JRPGs. Within that messenger universe, I just think it's going to score great. So, sure. All right, that's my fourth pick. So, moving on to your fifth pick. All right, pull up my list again. Pick number five is going to be the Wolf Among Us Two. All right, let me mark that. Highly, highly anticipated. Yeah, and seeing. You know, the little bit of the gameplay teaser had me hyped with the wolf form being more advanced. Like, the biggest thing with the original was it had technical limitations with just the way they could do certain things. Like, they were running the Telltale engine, so things were just, you know, modeled with altered appearances, but it didn't have actual you know, like, in-betweens like this does. And I feel the story was phenomenal. I played it. I love the, you know, pick this or this happens. Pick that if you want this instead. I love that arc, you know. You can choose how the story goes in a way. It's it's mostly, sim- you know, ends very similarly, but you get a feel of depth as you play the chapters. And I feel like this game coming out is going to be really nice too you know, get into. Yeah, I, I did not play the original. I uh, heard a lot about it. It was, you know, very well received. And speaking of Telltale, I almost put the Expanse game from Telltale on here because I believe that's supposed to release 2023. Oh, very okay. interesting idea um, for that. So that's your fifth? Yep. All right. Moving on to my fifth, of course, Jedi Survivor. I thought there you were you about go. to steal it from me, so I was holding I my feel, breath. Yeah, I mean, it's I got you know, I got high hopes for it, but not enough to put that as like a steal. So I'll, I'll let you go ahead and pull your heart out into this. All right, yeah, I had to take Jedi Survivor. What's funny is Jedi Fallen Order is still hitting within the top tens of sales charts on at least on PlayStation every mm-hmm. month. Like every month. Now that's just the sales. I'm not. That's not the review. That's not the Metacritic score. I believe it did score pretty good on Metacritic. I want to say low 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I should look it up. But anyways, I think Jedi Survivor is very, very highly anticipated because people lately have been very up on Cal Kestis and that world, especially the game Fallen Order. So I think expanding on that with, you know, that game in a next-gen engine, 
or on a next gen console from Respawn, who are amazing developers. W. It's it's going to be a dub. Yeah, I mean, I still find it surprising that you're diving into a Souls game for the sake of Star Wars IP. Star Wars will get me into anything. <laughs> Duly noted. I love Star Wars. Yeah. Obviously. All right. All right, so before we go any further, we're going to pick 10. Yeah, and we're halfway through. We're halfway through, so let me just list off the top five. Yep. Yours go Legend of Zelda, Tears of the mm. Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Hollow Knight Silk Song, Atomic Heart, Horizon Call of the Mountain, The Wolf Among Us 2. Yep. All right, my list Spider Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Forza Motorsport, Sea of Stars, and Jedi Survivor. Yeah, sounds accurate. All right, so we got five more, and then we have a twist at the end where we're going to actually pick two more. So, yeah. Let's finish up our list. You can go ahead and start with your six pick. Okay, so number six for me is going to be Alan Wake 2. All right, tell me a little bit of your reasoning for that one. Uh, this is actually kind of has, has to do with the Control series in a way. So Control, um, for anyone who doesn't know, but to briefly go over it, is that like SCP-inspired federal agency type of thing where anomalies are a threat and this the government and this deeply you know embedded system contains them. But in one of the DLCs, they make a nod to Alan Wake. So while I like the original, I, I like the theme, it played nice, I'm more excited for the potential of having Alan Wake 2 do some sort of in-universe collaboration with the Control series. Maybe not specifically make it Control-themed, but you know, having a duality between maybe the two stories or two elements put together in one game under Alan Wake. That you, I can definitely see that happening. I'm, I'm sure that they are going to do that in some way. Yeah, even if it's just like a little cameo, like sometimes they do them just to get people excited for it. Even if that's like officially mentioned in Alan Wake 2, I feel like that would still be a W. Like that'll be, I'll take it. I agree. All right. Do I want to play the game or do I want to pick a personal game I'm excited for? Or do I want to go based off of what I think is going to score the highest? Yeah, I think that real boils down to what you feel you're most invested in. You know, obviously, we both have our own priorities on how we pick, but what you feel like your gut instinct goes with. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna try to destroy you. Okay, let's hear it. Final Fantasy 16. Oh, okay. Final Fantasy 16. Yep, have that noted down. All right. I don't know much about Final Fantasy fair so let me just put that disclaimer out there but what i do know is final fantasy is huge right now because of the quality of the games and i believe final fantasy 16 is being done by the people who made final fantasy 14 14 which final fantasy 14 has been huge recently because it's on a comeback I mean, it's an MMO, so of course it's going to be... 
Exactly. Um, I'm looking up the Metacritic on it right now. 92. Yeah. So people love their RPGs overseas. Yes, and I believe Final Fantasy 16 is supposed to be a single, um, single player game. It might have multiplayer elements. I'm not sure. Sure. Either way, the if the people who are doing the the story and whatnot for 14 take that from the an MMO into a single player type game with uh, a narrative story. I think that's just a recipe for a 90 plus. Now, yeah, def- more likely it's going to score probably mid 80s, but I'm hoping for a 90 right there. So I put it in my in my sixth spot for that reason. Yeah, keep that optimism. Yes, exactly. So moving to our seventh pick. All right. My seventh pick is going to be Street Fighter 6. Okay. Solid pick. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I'm kind of leaning towards is the more radical time skip that they advertise for this. Um, you know, obviously the series from one to five has pretty much just been straightforward, just like a graphical, you know, upgrade. But six feels more of a successor. I mean, the same characters, some new ones in there too, but it's meant to be more of a this is where we're taking Street Fighter now versus let's just make the game look nicer. Yeah, and the game, the um, the mechanics look great, and the new elements they're introducing, uh, like the world tour mode, Yeah, uh, looks like it's probably going to shake things up in the best way. Sure. Hopefully it stands up to par with esports. I know that's a big influence on rating. People will put that under a microscope for how competitive it plays. All right, so there are some games on here I 100% believe are going to score higher than my next pick. Oh. <laughs> but here's why I'm picking my next pick. It has the potential to score very high, but it also right. has the potential to score low. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting this in my, what are we on, seventh spot? Yeah, so your pick number seven. Yeah, my pick number seven is going to be a little bit more of a wild card pick. And sure. That pick is going to be Wild Hearts. Okay, you know, I don't even think I know anything about this. So why don't you tell me a bit? Yeah, right, here we go. Wild Hearts. It is um, an action RPG adventure game mm-hmm. developed by Koei Tecmo and Omega Force. Oh. Published by EA. Um, okay. It comes out February 16th, so we're not too far away from it. And let me explain this. It is, I'm reading off of theloadout.com because it's the first link I saw. Sure. Um, Wild Hearts is set to be a brand new and exciting adventure from Omega Force who have spent years crafting or grafting away on the Dynasty Warrior series. Oh, so that's interesting. Gameplay. So far, we know very little, but doesn't mean we can't draw some conclusions. Described as the next great hunting game, the fantasy game is more mobile take on is a more mobile take on Monster Hunter. Yeah, I mean, just with the clips that they're showing, it definitely feels like a more skill based monster hunting versus yes. gritting it out and like enduring attacks. It feels like you have to be more resourceful with how you go about your approach. And the, it'll be zone-based, not open world. 
Um, but there's enough room to do what you got to do. It says, sure. Uh, it's going to be up to three player co-op. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wild Hearts gives us Ghost of Tsushima meets Breath of the Wild vibes. Okay. But anyways, reason I picked this, it lo- actually looks interesting, and it's interesting EA is uh, publishing this, and a lot of people are up on Monster Hunter right now. Yeah. Monster Hunter Rise just released for all platforms. It got it scored great, so I think this has potential to score close to a 90 but it also has potential to score close to a 70, 75. So I'm just interested to see how this game turns out. So that's why it's in my seventh spot. Hopefully it doesn't bring my average down too much, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, I mean, aside from the theme, like the Sekiro of Monster Hunter. Yeah, okay, that's that's true. Or the um, Like a Dragon of Yakuza. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, you know, like a fair comparison. So, that's my seventh. What will be your eighth pick? Okay, so, number eight for me is going to be... I'm going to go with Hogwarts Legacy. (sighs) (laughs) That was... I don't... See, I'm staying away from it. I, I wanted to pick it, but I'm glad you did. Yeah, it's a controversial one, especially with people, you know, rallying up their mentalities behind, you know, the Hogwarts IP. But aside from that, you're looking at the Hogwarts open world. I, I mean, should have picked it. I mean, how does it want to explore? I mean, yes, it's way into the past, but that's so it doesn't conflict with main stories. But who doesn't want to just be a Hufflepuff, you know, taking their botany classes and, you know, just going about this experience as their own character. It's just something that really can't put into words. Everyone's wanted to do it. There are games that try to do it from the Hogwarts IP, but this is going to be at least the attempt at it for everyone to try. I should have picked that. I uh, uh, the last week they've released a few small clips, and the more and more that's released of this game, the better and better it looks. Yeah, the, the hype is definitely there. The hype's there. It, it 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 looks amazing. The only thing is all of that controversy could bring it down. I should have picked it, it though because I still could. feel like it's going to score high. But that's the thing. I feel I'm hoping at the very least that you know that whoever hosts Metacritic will weed out the people who are just making biased reviews. I mean, I'm not saying get rid of reviews if they don't like it. What I'm saying is you could tell if someone's just being like, this is a JK Rowling game, therefore it's bad. Like, yeah, those are the type of reviews that shouldn't taint the score. And Hopefully hoping- that's more in the audience than in the actual, um, I mean, that could go either way, and I think this is kind of like your risky Wild Hearts pick. Yeah. I am kind of dicing it with this one just because if we can push past the controversy, and if it plays like it shows, then this will be a gem. I agree. I I agree. So, I, I got three more. Do I want to keep it fun? 
I mean, it's up to you. I mean, you could go for sabotage. You could go for um, something that you have a personal preference for. You could be like, I don't care. I really want this to win, so I'm just going to bank on it. That's what I'm going to do. All right, my eighth pick will be Lies of P. Okay, so I've never even heard of that one either. So Look it up. Something Lies up. of P. Yeah. Lies of P will be my next my next pick. Lies of P. And let me uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. Lies of P. Okay. Developed by Round Eight Studios and NeoWiz Games. Let's let me read the um, description of it. Do you like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and Elden Ring? What if we told you about a game that takes the gameplay from those FromSoft classics, but it sets in a twist, a twisted gothic world full of mechanical beings? Then you might be interested in the lies of P. I completely screwed up that, but you got you got you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I see the trailer right now, and it does play. I mean, I wouldn't say play, but it it feels like a cyberpunk Bloodborne. No, sorry, sorry, no, steampunk. I'm sorry, I, I butchered that horrifically. But yeah, like a steampunk uh, Bloodborne. Here's the here's why it's so cool though. Lies of P is a horrific retelling of the Pinocchio story, and draws Ooh. inspiration from everyone's beloved Soul series. So it's it's like a Bloodborne meets the the OG Pinocchio story, not yeah. the Disney one, but right. the actual one. And the gameplay looks amazing, and people seem up on it. So. I think that's going to score low to mid eighties, hoping more, but uh, I want it to succeed. Yeah. And plus there are still a few pretty high scoring ones that we can pick. So Mm -hmm. we'll see from here. So what's your ninth pick? Pick number nine for me is going to be dead Island two. You're crazy. (laughs) <laughs> you're a mad you're you're a mad man. People have been talking about this for a while, and this is like one of those I Insane. hope that they're taking this time in development to actually polish it through. So this is like my Hail Mary. You're insane. <laughs> I am. That's besides the point. <laughs> no, you're insane. Listen, when a game has been, you know, due for a sequel for like five years, you're looking at in five plus years, I should say, but you're looking at the opportunity to take something out of that. It's not like they're rushing it eight months later from the first release. It's definitely a big gap, and that gap could be used the right way. I wish, uh, you know, I'm wishing the best for you. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> it has potential. Yeah. It actually, you know, is probably going to be. Better than what's expected. Who knows? Maybe the hype from the first game is going <laughs> to carry into it, which is mm, possible. I, I feel like the hype kind of died down, but I'm hoping that this is what gets the hype back. Like, I yeah, know, that's what I'm saying. I think it might be rekindled. Yeah, that's a better word. Yeah, I, I, I think that's very, very much possible. All right, what are we on? My ninth? Yep, your ninth. Ooh. I'm just going to say, I'm, this isn't my pick, but mm-hmm. I want to pick Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Okay. But I'm not going to. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to hit 2023. But if it does, imagine the points you would get from that. Yeah, I, I'm i kind of 
on iffy on that one. That's not particularly my tenth, but that's interesting to hear that you didn't pick that one in yours. All right, I got two. And I don't have them listed in order, so <laughs> I got to think if you're going to steal one. I think I know what your next one's going to be. Okay, so that'll be interesting for you to... But I'm not going to block it because I feel like it's not going to score good. Okay. All right, I'll go Octopath Traveler 2. All right. Yeah, so we'll put that C9. Yeah, let me mark that down. Octopath Traveler 2. First one scored an 83 mm-hmm. on Metacritic. So, this being the sequel, hoping 85, 86. Yeah. It's a beloved game. It's into, highly anticipated. Uh, what's the release date? February 24th, so we know it's going to hit. There's a few that are scheduled for later in the year that I just don't know enough about yet. Yeah. That I, I just feel like Octopath Traveler 2 is a safe one for my ninth, and maybe I could go crazy on my next one. So, sure. really, all my reasoning for it. All right. Last pick. Last pick. This one, you probably know it. You might not. But for me, it's going to be Assassin's Creed Mirage. Wow. You, yo, you're blowing my mind today. <laughs> this one is supposed to be. The spiritual successor, not a remake, but a successor to the original Assassin's Creed 1. And the part that baffles me to this day is they released all of these Assassin's Creed games on the PlayStation Extra. But the earliest is Assassin's Creed 2. So tell me that, you know, people who want to play Assassin's Creed 1 won't give Mirage a shot. If it's playing in a similar theme, time period, and an opportunity to take a more rooted assassin-based skill check versus gear and grinding. You know, originally when I was going through putting my, you know, just predictions on here for what I think, I think I did put a low score on it. When in reality, it'll probably be mid-80s, which is good. Yeah. And then, like, I'm thinking, like, upper 70s is where I see projected at. But, you know, if I could hit 80s, that's great. All right, my last pick. This game, I had it on my list, but I read an uh, article headline about it today that is making me not pick it now. Okay. And I will be completely (laughs) transparent and biased on the fact that I'm playing to win. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's hear it. Pick number 10. All right, pick number 10. I'm going to pick Armor Core 6. Oh. Oh. Okay, that's a, a radical IP change for you. Yes. All right. Armor Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. Let me just, let me talk a little bit about it. it yeah. Was just, it was just revealed at um, the Game Awards. All right. There hasn't been an Armor Core game since 2013. Mm-hmm. Since then, FromSoft, I'm reading off of whatever this is, NME.com. FromSoft has become a world-renowned studio and experts at combat-driven RPG games. 
Uh, it's clear that Armor Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, is primed to be a slightly different experience to its predecessors, one that will hopefully incorporate everything the developer has learned over the last decade of game design. From what we've heard, uh, it's still very much an Armor Core game, so those hoping for some Souls-like twists may be disappointed at launch. For now, uh, we don't know much about Armor Core 6. The trailer has been revealed. The trailer looked amazing. It's supposed to be... Uh, uh, a, a combat-driven RPG game mm-hmm. developed by FromSoft. Yeah. So it's not supposed to be a Souls game. Is this yeah. FromSoft branching out from the Souls genre? Right. Their take on this more action-based approach. Yes. That, yes. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not as familiar with Armored Core, but I, I mean, wanted to pick that. Yeah. It's, I feel like it's interesting. Yeah. A lot of people... You know, like Armored Core, they like the Gundam series. You know, the idea of controlling a mech has always been a yes. unique take that has an audience with people, you know, steering towards it in one way or another. Yeah, because I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Souls games. Mm-hmm. Except like, for Survivor. Yeah, ex- ex- <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of FromSoft Souls games. There we go. Now this is from FromSoft, but it's more of an combat action RPG. Right, but this is going to be mechs. a test to see whether they can make a formula. Yes. Outside of their recipe. Here's my thing: if it hits, though, it's gonna it's gonna be some big points. It could miss. Mm-hmm. This is a gamble for two reasons: it being the IP and it being the the I, the company's branching out versus what they're tried and true yes and what i really wanted to pick was like a dragon uh ishin ishin oh okay because that's that's different but i just know that's going to score very well Uh that's a lame pick though (laughs) um suicide squad kills the justice league that's not going to score well based off of the battle pass they just showed yeah uh diablo 4 is probably the safest bet but i didn't feel like picking diablo 4 that one's going to be mixed because that's got a battle pass too for it. Yeah, so those games are kind of, uh, you know. Mid. Mid. Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora. There's no telling when that's going to come out. Mm-hmm. It says physical year, 23-24, which is April 23 to March 24. Yeah. So not a safe pick. And then Starfield, Redfall. I really wanted to pick Redfall. But I read the article headline saying that the development for Starfield and Redfall is actually not going very well right now. <laughs> so I just kind of wanted to stay away from Starfield or Redfall. But yeah. I did pick um, an Xbox Studios game. So I feel I feel like I, I kind of covered my bases. Right. Biggest upset is probably neither of us picking Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I am biased. And I say that because I don't know this for certain but I feel like it would have been mentioned otherwise. I've been a big fan of the Advent Children series. And I feel like if they don't do any sort of mention in this continuation, I'd be you know highly disappointed. Yes. So we're going to get into our last two picks, and I'll explain that. Mm-hmm. Real quick, though, what's your reasoning for some of the games that you left out? Okay, so I left a couple of them out. I mean, obviously you picked yours, but some of the things I left out were like Payday 3, 
Um, I left out SpongeBob, the Cosmic Shake, Exoprimal. There are a couple in there that were just... I didn't really resonate enough with them. I mean, Payday 3 seems like it, they've already done a good formula with 2, and it has a lot of DLC behind it. Trying to make it into a cash cow with 3 seems like a very shady move. And then I'm looking at SpongeBob the Cosmic Shake, and it could score high, but it's mainly for kids. And those games, it's taking a new, um, I guess, a new approach. It's not like Battle from Bikini Bottom where they remastered. This is like a new SpongeBob yeah. game. So, so I'm kind of like, you know, grimacing. I'm just not seeing the hype justifying the pick for it. All right, interesting. And there's a reason that I asked you that because the final part of this prediction right here, uh-huh. we're each going to pick two, but we're going to pick for each other. Oh. And you can go first. What you're going to do is you're going to pick a game for me that you think Actually, is going to score low. I think you should go first because I picked my main one first. So I want to kind of keep the sportsmanship fair by giving you okay. a chance to maybe turn that around with a bad pick preemptively. I already know what I'm going to pick for you. Oh, let's hear it. So, real quick, an amendment to this list. Uh-huh. I kept Dead Space Remake off of my list. Yeah. Just for the fact that the reviews came out today for it, and mm-hmm. I have not looked up the reviews for it today, but just out of, you know... Sure. Fair play, sports, sportsman, uh, sportsmanship, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I did the same thing. It was higher up on my list, but because of it Me being too. just so close traction, I just kind of omitted from picking it. Yeah, I agree. So my first pick for you, which will be your eleventh game, yes, it's going to be Skull and Bones. Oh, no. <laughs> Skull and Bones! I'm going to actually just put that as a title. Uh, a stinker one. <laughs> stinker, stinker number one. Yeah. All right. So what makes you? want to give this one to me it's gonna score terrible it is uh, the it is the naval combat from assassin's creed 3 and 4 yeah in modern day but the thing is this game has been in development for a very long time and it has had a very rough development cycle yeah uh so yeah it doesn't it's not getting very, very good reception from anybody. That's fair. I mean, you never know. I'm going to hope with, you know, this being the only Pirates game that Sony has access to, people might be like, you know, this stinks, but it's good enough that we could see past the flaws. And, you know, maybe just be like, we're going to give it a 70 out of pity. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Because, you know, they have Sea of Thieves on PC and Xbox, what does Sony have? Nothing. So they might lean towards this as like, well, we have this now. Way to be optimistic. I like that. Yes, I'm trying to work with that. All right. Uh, All right. So we have that for me. I'm going to give you Starfield. Oh, no. I did not want that stinker on my list. Yeah, you're getting that nasty stinker. I've got that stinker. Now, the reason why I'm picking this one for you specifically is... I am getting a very big Anthem vibe from it. And we all know yes. how that flopped horribly. So I see this as being like big hype. People want it. When it comes out, what is this garbage? Why did why did anyone 
buy it. We're going to give it like 40%. And that's kind of what I'm aiming for. Like I just, I see it. I'm like, this is just a spiritual successor to Anthem. Let's just hope it keeps that same momentum. That's such a terrible thing to say about that game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm, it looks nice, but the game's releases always differ from what is actually shown. When we look at No Man's Sky, we look at Anthem, we look at Outsiders. They they have that, like, okay, this is the best we could do with the time that we had. And that's kind of what I see in this. All right, well, time for me to be optimistic. I think um, people are so hungry for an actual <laughs> good Fallout game. That isn't like uh, Fallout 76. Uh-huh. So this might be more along the lines of, you know, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, except in space. You're comparing you might... this to Fallout 3? I have to be optimistic. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference between optimistic and blasphemous, but go on. Yeah, I'm just straight up lying to myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's nothing that there's nothing that's going to save this pick. Uh-huh. Hopefully it just scores in the 80s. We'll but. see. <laughs> That's my 11th pick. So you get to pick my 12th time for me to pick your last one. Yeah. And this is a very interesting pick because uh-huh. no one knows anything about this game. Okay. No one knows if it's going to be good, bad, whatever. Sure. But because you have some weird <laughs> cosmic attachment to crash bandicoot. Yeah. I'm going to pick crash team rumble for your that- last game. I almost feel like it's not okay. I admit it's lower on my list, but it's not rock bottom. So I don't feel as it being completely bad. I mean, a Crash Bandicoot MOBA doesn't sound good on paper, but it's Crash Bandicoot with the the designs of four, which people like. So it's promising in that regard. It. I think it it looks like it's lacking on content. So I mean, I could say the same for Unite, but Pokemon Unite. That's true. People like Pokemon Unite, so you know, MOBA's a MOBA. If people if it plays well, people will draw themselves to it one way or another. You know what? You know what? Crash Team Rumble gives me, and I don't know if anyone will um, understand this reference. Okay. Let me actually type it in real quick because I want to look at the score. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, long title. Yeah. You know it's bad when you have to type in a long title to pull it up as a reference. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this reminds me of Ratchet and Clank Full Frontal Assault. Okay. The Witch scored 64 on Metacritic. Yeah, so I will say on a side note, the art style you know, is of Crash 4, but the first thing that kind of comes to mind, aside from slam dunking Wumper fruit is like battleborn remember that game that sounds familiar it was that game that was promising but it just released at a really bad time and it was like a borderlands slash moba game and you had like 25 or 30 different characters yeah that does look like that yeah it feels like it I'm not saying it's gonna be that but you know it's Either or, interesting to see how this plays out, too. I, I like the Crash IP, so... <laughs> yeah, Crash is the, the best. But yeah, I mean, a MOBA, if it plays well, will have people playing it one way or another. I agree. So, your turn for my last pick. 
All right. And this is for two reasons, but I'll get that in a bit. Your 12th pick is going to be Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Oh, okay. I'm excited for that now, but. Okay. So, okay. two things. Uh, we'll start with the one that you mentioned, which is kind of like ammo that I was like thinking about on the side. You said fiscal year 2324. So, there's a chance that it might release in January. It could, it could be early January, but the fact that it's not in 2023 disqualifies it automatically. Yeah, which so is still which is which is fair though because this game is it's it's a range from April twenty three to March twenty four, so it's not as bad as um, like Mina the Hollower, which is December twenty three, or Final Fantasy seven Rebirth, which is winter twenty three. Mm-hmm. So at least this one, yeah, I, I agree. I, I like that pick though. Sure, and I will say this is another thing. Video games that have been made from a movie usually flop, and I'm not saying Avatar itself will be bad, but trying to make a game out of a movie is not really that successful. You can have high hopes for the Avatar series, that's one thing, and it's just that the cross between games to movie, movie to games, usually is poor, with a few exceptions of the games turning into movies as of recent. I like, I, I'm glad you gave me that because I'm interested mm-hmm. in the game. I feel like it's going to score pretty good if it um, comes out with no problems, no delays. Mm-hmm. I could see a similar situation for this, um, for like Hogwarts, speaking of movie based games. So. Avatar, people are up on it because of Way of the Water, and I'm not sure when the next movie is going to come out, but maybe the next movie will come out before this game, and there might be some hype. If not, you're right about the whole movie movie game aspect. But at least it's my 12th pick. <laughs> I mean, sure, we'll go with that. I mean, I like how, despite our intentions, our last two picks aren't, you know, Horrendous. <laughs> I agree. So, speaking of that, horrendous. What's the most horrendous pick, and what is the best pick on your list? No. So, are we talking about including the the drafted ones for us, or yes, including the drafted? And we'll go ahead and end the episode with this. We'll both just give what's your biggest, um, what's your most anticipated game for your list, and what's the one you're most worried about on your list? Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna definitely go with. Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, obviously I picked that first. That was kind of, I gravitated towards that. I was like, I want that. And I told you before, just, it's going to feel like a fun game, especially if they give it the time that they did for Breath of the Wild. Um, I guess as far as concern would go, I'm actually going to say I have a little bit of hesitation with Dead Island 2, only because of that being... Uh, so long of a wait, people might not give it a fair review because of that. And if it's that long of a wait and it doesn't score up to the expectations, it could tank. That's fair. I think I think that Dead Island 2 is going to be a very interesting game to keep an eye on. April yeah. 28th, so we don't have to wait all year. Yes, yeah, so not too long, right? What about you? All right, my list, my most anticipated is actually Jedi Survivor. 
right. reason it's lower on my list was just because my top four I wanted to get out the way mm-hmm. uh, before you picked them. Yeah. But my most anticipated game is Jedi Survivor. And I sure. kind of went into it when I talked about the game, but I love Star Wars and the what they've released so far, the trailers and the teasers of Jedi Survivor looks amazing. Uh, loving Cal Kestis and what they're doing with the story, him surviving from the Empire. Uh, Respawn, amazing developers. So mm-hmm. I, this game's yeah. going to score high. It's coming out March 17th, so we only have you know, a few two months. two and a half months yet. Yeah, yeah, about two and a half. So that's my most anticipated. The one I'm having the most um, you know, worry. worry about looking through my, my list is probably going to be Liza P. Okay. It's between Liza P and Starfield because I, I put them both in the same boat. Only problem is Starfield, I feel like because it's Bethesda, yeah, that might carry it above the 80 threshold. That really depends because Bethesda's getting its reputation for subpar expectations. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a worry, but I think a little bit, you know, I have a little bit more worry uh, for Lies of P because uh, is it the first? Is it is this their first uh, game? I'm not really sure. I mean. I only saw of Liza P just then there. These Souls-like games that are outside of the From Software, um, they, they're they polarizing in whether they do well or bad. I don't know enough about this, but if it plays well, it could be a nice intermission for the next Souls game that comes out. You know, especially Armored Core. It's possible that they took enough from souls games to keep to give it longevity yeah i, I can't find I, I don't know if it's their first game or not but it's um it's going to be a smaller game from smaller studios compared to a studio like bethesda or you know insomniac xbox game studios developers and all of them so i i feel like lies of p could be an indie hit even you know it could eh. it could hit like a you know indie hit like what is that game that just came out the uh, uh hi-fi rush you, hear, oh. you see hi-fi rush actually i was thinking about getting it but you know for 30 dollars i mean i am not a big fan of linear stuff i'm more into procedurally generated roguelites, something that has replayability. If they added a custom soundtrack to some degree, that'd be amazing, but they cater the game to their soundtrack. Um, people giving it like 97, 98, and it's like Shadow launched. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that- so I'm hoping that kind of energy is what Liza P you know, comes out with. I'm surprised you have hopes for Sea of Stars. I mean, it's the, the story for the Messenger's good, but I can only imagine a different play style in the same universe can only go so far. Yeah, my list is going to be very interesting. Um, so is yeah, yours. It, it's there's a lot we don't know and, and about these games coming up next year. It's going to be fun going through the year, updating this list, talking about you know now that we actually have a list with the dates, have all the dates on here. We right. can we can mark down you know when February 10th comes. Hogwarts Legacy, how it does, 
and then February 16th, Wild Hearts, and so on. So yeah, it'll be fun revisiting this. Of course. All right. So how do you feel overall? Think you're going to win? Oh, but that's a good question. I, I thought I was going to win the game show, but you pulled a sneaky one on me. I am <laughs> optimistic, but ultimately you could have games that you think are going to be high. Like for some reason, what what if Tears of the Kingdom only scores like a 76? Because You're done. It yeah. 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 So these are, you have a good anticipation, but it could just somehow flop. And you can have games that are, you know, picked out for me. Like Crash Team Rumble could be at like a 97. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's, you have a good idea of what's to come. But at the end of the day, the community will, you know, make it known where it stands one way or another. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about my list. I think I might win, but there's no wild cards like with the game awards. So eh. we'll take a total of twelve hundred points and I'll just add up the Metacritic after each game comes out. Once the Metacritic settles down after the first probably two weeks. And then yeah. we'll add them up. Yeah, sounds fair. All right, with that, that's the 2023 most anticipated video game draft. I'll come up with a title and put it <laughs> in the uh, the episode uh, yeah. title. So with that, thanks for playing. Thanks for allowing me to smack you around a little bit. But Yeah, I mean, I think we both had a fair share of banter here and there some of our picks we were just like why did you do that <laughs> <laughs> what what sense does that make starfield what no not even that when i was going with dead on too like man you are on something and i felt like the same thing when you were going with like i honestly like well i heard let's see and he, the first one i saw that made me go why did you pick that was probably forza motorsport <laughs> yeah that's why these are fun. You never yeah. know. Yeah. But hey, uh, wish you the best of luck, and we'll definitely throughout the year see who did what. Yeah, I love these. We'll have to think of something to do for like movies or something else. But all right, thanks for participating. And, you know, we took a little hiatus, but we're back now to either weekly or at least bi weekly. We're just trying to get back in the swing of things and, and have fun with this. Yeah, of course. Just have some fun. So. I had some fun today. So until next time, thanks, Andy, and I'll see you guys later.